Hello, and welcome to Doctor Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bement, your host, saying hello, and welcome to episode 159. This is one of our classic episodes of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. And this episode is totally a spinoff of the all-new Doctor Who Book Club podcast that just came out with a new episode a week or two ago, in which they reviewed the story Supremacy of the Cybermen. This was Titan Comics' big crossover event involving the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctors that came out back in 2016. And uh, the Doctor Who Book Club podcast just did a review, so I thought, why don't I do a classic episode to kind of tie in with it? I'm riding on their coattails here. So, in this episode, we are going to do like we always do, take a look at the news. We'll find out what is new in the world of Doctor Who Comics. And then we are going to go into The Matrix to take a look at Supremacy of the Cybermen. When this story originally came out, I only reviewed the first issue of the five-issue series and the last issue of this uh, miniseries. So I thought this would be a good time for me to go through and just kind of review it as a whole. I read the the story in one sit-down uh, earlier this week, so I thought I would give you my review of it as a whole, something I've never done before on Doctor Who Panel Panel. So this is uh, something untested, untried waters, so we'll see how it goes. And then... Once again, riding along with uh, the Doctor Who Book Club podcast, we are going to look at a classic interview with the co-writer of Supremacy of the Cybermen, Kevin Scott. Kevin is uh, mainly a Star Wars writer now, as opposed to Doctor Who or Star Trek or anything else. But back in 2016, he sat down with me uh, right during Free Comic Book Day because the free comic book that came out had a teaser for Supremacy of the Cybermen, and that is uh, what we talked about along with a bunch of other Doctor Who stuff. Kevin has done Big Finish audios. He is very knowledgeable when it comes to Doctor Who, and I think you'll really enjoy this uh, representing of an interview with him. And that will be it for this episode. A couple things I wanted to note. Uh, Make sure you check out the all-new Doctor Who Book Club podcast. Shameless plug there. Uh, One of the co-hosts lives right up the road from me in the Twin Cities. So I'm more than happy to promote, uh, one, another Doctor Who podcast, because you can never have too many, even if you do a search for Doctor Who on iTunes and see how many Doctor Who podcasts there actually are. You can never have too many. And two, um, I want to make sure that if you have not checked out my archive, if you go to archive.org and do a search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel or Jeremy Bument, you can find all the old episodes of Doctor Who Panel to Panel as MP3 files you can listen to on your laptop or on your phone or however you want to do that. And finally, one last little tidbit of information. Please go to my website and check out DoctorWhoComics.com. Every Monday and Thursday, I am putting up a new page of art for the Ten Doctors story, which is kind of a fan comic story um, that was done by comic creator, artist Rich Morris. Every Monday and every Thursday, I put up another page of the story. It's going to be going for quite some time, and I think it gives some it gives those of you who are following along just a little treat to, to see. It takes a couple minutes of your time at most, and uh, you can follow along in the exploits of the Ten Doctors in this, this fun uh, fan story. So now, with all that out of the way, let's jump into this episode and take a look at the news. In Doctor Who comic news for this episode of Panel to Panel, uh, let's take a look at new releases. We have uh, Doctor Who magazine number 591, which should be coming out this coming Thursday, which is May 25th. And, uh, of course, we'll have a new strip in there. And then in June... 
We should have uh, Doctor Who magazine issue number 592, projected date of June 22nd. So that's pretty much it for the new releases. We do have the uh, Doctor Who Doomsday 2 issues uh, coming up uh, in a couple months' time. And so we got those looked forward to from Titan Comics. I don't know how many people are going to be following along on all the different uh, media platforms that that story is going to be coming out. But I know I'll definitely be following the comic, if nothing else. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Jody Hauser and company have for that. In other Doctor Who comedy news, it's been rather quiet, other than the fact that uh, apparently, at least according to Amazon, I haven't heard confirmation from Titan Comics yet, but uh, I think Dan Slott kind of confirmed it as well. The the uh, special that is coming out from him in October, the Once Upon a Time Lord one-shot, the first of his uh, projected three specials from Titan Comics, uh, not only is it going to be coming out as just a standard comic book, but it looks like Titan Comics is going to splurge and do a hardcover as well. This is the first time they've done a hardcover of a Doctor Who book uh, in quite some time since they their heyday of putting out uh, multi-Doctor ongoing series. And they kind of switched over just to do in trade paperback or softcover versions. But it looks like the Once Upon a Time Lord, according to Amazon, is going to have a hardcover that will retail for $17.99, which is going to have uh, the Dan Slot story in it, which Dan is making sure to point out. There's plenty of pages to this uh, story. I believe it's a 64-pager, which would fit nicely into one of those hardcover uh, graphic novels. And it's something that will, I think, kind of be like an evergreen product, something that you know comic shops can always have on hand. So I don't know how many people uh, of you that are listening want to splurge and buy the hardcover i know i'm going to order myself a copy to have uh, along with the the uh, floppy version so i'm looking forward to this book so um outside of that it's been rather quiet on the doctor who news front let's uh jump into a review it is time to go into the matrix to take a look at a classic doctor who story And this time around, we're doing something different, something that is a first for Doctor Who panel to panel. We are going to go back and take a look at a story that we originally reviewed when it first came out. We are going to take a look at uh, Supremacy of the Cybermen. This was the big Doctor Who crossover event from 2016. And the reason that we're going to go back and take a look at this is... uh, The main reason being that one of our fellow Doctor Who podcasts, the all-new Doctor Who Book Club podcast, just released an episode a week or so ago where they reviewed this very story, Supremacy of the Cybermen. Uh, They are primarily uh, a book podcast in that they review uh, Doctor Who novels, but they occasionally venture into a graphic novel or collected edition and uh, comics, and this time around they did Supremacy of the Cybermen. So, since they're a fellow podcast, not only that, one of the two uh, co-hosts is from here in Minnesota, just lives uh, up the road, or up the highway from me, up in the Twin Cities. I thought I would kind of ride on their coattails, and maybe you might want to check out their podcast, which is the all-new Doctor Who Book Club podcast, and listen to their review of Supremacy of the Cybermen, and then you might want to check this one out, or vice versa. So anyway, looking at Supremacy of the Cybermen. This story came out back in 2016. It was the big uh, crossover event. It was uh, five, a five-issue series, and it was written by George Mann and Kevin Scott. And uh, artwork for this story uh, had a bunch of artists in it. The, the main thing 
was that they had a bunch of uh, one-pagers showing the different Cybermen attacking the Doctor or taking over people throughout time. So we had a lot of artists, uh, for example, the first Doctor page was by Dan Boltwood. Second Doctor was by Andrew Peepoy and Jason Millett. Third Doctor was by Mike Collins. Fourth Doctor was by Blair Shedd. Fifth Doctor, Simone DeMio and Adriana Florian, or Ariana, sorry. Sixth Doctor by Stephen Byrne. Seventh Doctor by Simon Myers. Eighth Doctor by Lee Sullivan and Luis Guerrero. And The War Doctor by Rachel Stott and Marcio Menace. That was for the, the uh, tie-in. The actual five-issue uh, miniseries, the art was, or was written by Kevin Scott and George Mann. The artists were Ivan Rodriguez and Walter Giovanni with Alessandro Vitti and Tazio Batin. Coloring by Nicola Ricci with Enrica Aaron Angionoli uh, assisting. Lettering by Richard Starkings and Comic Crafts Jimmy Bettencourt. And uh, the editor on this book was Andrew James. They were the ones who did the five-issue series. So um, in lieu of, I'm going to give you kind of a quick plot synopsis if you want a much better one. I suggest you go over to the all-new Doctor Who Book Club podcast and listen to their uh, thing, because they kind of go through it issue by issue, step by step. I'm just going to tell you that the plot on the back of the, the collected edition is, The Cybermen have already won. You will be deleted. Exiled from Gallifrey at the very end of time, Rassilon, fallen leader of the Time Lords, has been captured by the last of the Cybermen. Now the Cybermen have access to time travel. With it, every defeat is now a victory. All of the Doctor's lives are in grave peril, but will they be able to defeat the odds and champion over a cyberized universe? So that is the story. Basically, uh, Rassilon has teamed up with the Cybermen and is using Time Lord technology to have the Cybermen go all throughout time and kind of cyberize the whole universe. They, they're either going to convert races and people into Cybermen to do their bidding, or if it's an enemy that they don't think that they can take over, then they're going to go to war with them and destroy them. And in the process of this, they're uh, running into the Doctor and various different incarnations. You'll see that if, if you buy the or read the collected edition, you'll see that um, all the past Doctors kind of have just one-page stories where they come across somebody or something or Cybermen doing you know popping up out of the blue unexpectedly but the main part of the story involves the 9th 10th 11th and 12th doctors trying to figure out what the Cybermen are doing who is behind it Rasslon of course and how to stop them I'm not going to go through issue by issue step by step I actually reviewed the first and the last issue in uh Doctor Who panel to panel episodes back in 2016 and 17. Um, you can go back to archive.org and check those out for yourself. But I will give you kind of my my overall review of the story. Uh, I just went through and reread the story after listening to the all new Doctor Who book club podcast to refresh myself with it. And as far as the story goes, I thought it was a pretty decent story. Um, it felt like it was a story that. Um, first of all, the the way they showed or released it in the hardcover, I think they would have been better served if they would have put all the past Doctor one-page stories at the beginning of this uh, collected edition. What they did was they saved those and put those at the end, so it's kind of after the whole story's done, you get to see these. It would have been better as it was 
the way it was released is that these one-pagers were sprinkled in the ongoing books to kind of tease this whole uh, big uh, miniseries. And the way they put them in the collected edition, it doesn't really do that. It's the exact opposite. So I think they would have been much better served putting those at the beginning of the book. That being said, the story itself, the f four stories that they have going on with the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctors, um, and each in different areas or eras of time, facing different Cybermen uh, enemies and things that the Cybermen are doing to try to take over the, the whole universe is very interesting and each story kind of holds its own as far as what the stories are and it's nice to see how they all kind of come together at the end to get the Doctor to defeat Rassilon and the Cybermen. You could almost have done this as just four separate stories um, not mixing them all together and having them tie up at the end. So it's kind of, it almost feels like that's the way it was written, was four separate stories. Maybe Kevin Scott um, did two of the Doctors and George Mann did the other two, and then they just kind of broke the stories apart and spaced them out throughout this this uh, miniseries to get the story told piece by piece and kind of gradually bring them all together. Where this story suffers is the artwork. It starts off strong with a, uh, a good 12th Doctor opening a uh, few pages, which leads you to believe that this is going to be an amazing story as far as artwork goes. The problem is, is the artwork tails off uh, horribly right from the get-go. Listening to the review of, of uh, Supremacy of the Cybermen from the Doctor Who Book Club podcast, they totally uh, agree with that, and I'm... I know reading the story when it came out, I was almost horrified by the artwork, and I apologize profusely to the people who worked on this book in that I know they put forth their best, best effort to tell a strong story and to do their best on the art, but the artwork is just, it's, it's horrible. It's, uh, it's not very often I say that about artwork, but the likenesses of people in this, this book Likenesses for a Doctor Who comic is something that you you have to nail or at least do some semblance of a version where you can tell who the people are. There are many panels in these in this story where it's hard to tell who the character is. They look nothing like the actor or actress in the book. The page layouts I thought were okay. However, the the final product of the artwork just is is awful. It's bad. Those of you longtime listeners of this podcast are going to be shocked, I think, to hear me say something like that. I would much rather have had this story. It almost seems like even back then, Titan Comics wanted to do this big crossover because they know it would make them money, but they didn't want to put forth the money to get talented artists to do this story. And you can definitely see that by, um, by this book. So I... I encourage people to read this story because I'm a big Cybermen fan. Cybermen, I think, are better than Daleks as far as the Doctor's number one villain. However, um, make sure that when you read this story, you don't pay that much attention to the artwork. Pay attention to who's talking and figure out who is talking. But it's much better if you just focus on the word balloons and not the artwork. Um, 
This story is not one that I, it's not crucial reading. It's a fun story. It celebrates the anniversary of the Cybermen. And um, that's about all I have to say on it. You will be deleted. I am probably butchering his name because it's been several years since I've talked to him. But writer Kevin Scott is someone who has really grown in prominence in the way of just writing in general. Kevin is someone who is one of the main writers of the Star Wars High Republic series of novels and the comic book from Marvel Comics that takes place uh, kind of be in the early years of Star Wars, pre-Luke Skywalker, um, way back in the, the bunch of Jedi Knights time. Um, but before that, Kevin was someone who was a Doctor Who comic writer, or not just Doctor Who comics, but he also did Big Finish audios. And he is someone who I chatted with way back in 2016, back when Free Comic Book Day came out, because that was where they teased Supremacy of the Cybermen. This was the uh, big crossover book that, that Titan Comics did for that year. They had uh, uh, The predecessor to that was The Four Doctors, which Paul Cornell wrote. Well, this story uh, was written by Kevin Scott and his friend George Mann. And back in 2016, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Kevin Scott about his work uh, working on Supremacy of the Cybermen. And this is the interview you're going to hear now. Um, the intro that I had originally, there was a little bit of a squawk in there, so I'm going to leave it out. But you will hear Kevin responding to the first question I asked him, which was, how did this whole Supremacy of the Cybermen story come into being? And here is Kevin to answer that. They did, yeah. Um it was it was rather lovely actually we'd obviously been working on our individual books me with the ninth doctor george with the eighth mm -hmm. um and then we did that christmas special or holiday oh, special yeah. for last, last year uh, thank you and it, i think it was off the back of that um we enjoyed working together on it it seemed to go down very well um and so yeah andrew came back and said we're doing another um event would you be interested in doing it? Um, which is always a nice question to be asked. And um, then he sort of outlined what it was going to be um, and gave us the sort of the beginnings of the story um, and that you see, see in issue one and sort of asked us to run for it, run, run with it. And um, yeah, okay, it went from there. We were, went up to London. We went, we went to the Titan offices and we had sort of a mini summit, um, Andrew, George and myself, and sort of started batting the story around from there, really. Okay, so it was Andrew that kind of spearheaded the idea of the Cybermen and, and uh, the, with all the different doctors? Um, yeah, Andrew and Derek at, at the BBC, um, I think it's something they, they came up with together okay. um, and then brought us in. Um, and so, yeah, it was very much delivered to us of, you know, this is the event. Here are the doctors you're going to use. Whether they meet or not is another thing. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, please use every Cyberman that's ever existed and a few that haven't. Ah. Yeah, that's one of the questions I was going to ask is how many different, since it's the story kind of is along the lines of the celebrating the, the 50th anniversary of the Cybermen, if you went back and went from the 10th planet on up to current and, and have appearances from various different Cybermen in the story. Yeah, the, I mean, because the Doctors are the 21st century Doctors, um, a lot of them are more you know the, the more modern versions of Cybermen, including as a couple of new variations that we've not seen before uh -huh. um with the past doctors and the past cybermen they do make their presence felt and the story actually goes beyond the miniseries and there are other 
little mini stories and sort of um, scenes and pre prequels and previews appearing across the Titan comics um, that will feature the other doctors. Oh. Um, uh, I don't think that's been said anywhere and I'm probably going to get shot. <laughs> now. Um, but um, every doctor faces the Cybermen at one way or another across supremacy. Um, and the majority of Cybermen that we've seen, and as I say, some of them that didn't quite make it to the screen um, are brought to life by a variety of different artists. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm a huge Cyberman fan, so when I when I heard that this story was coming out, I was jazzed from the get-go. Uh, can, yeah. can you kind of give me a, a basic premise of what the story is about? Um, yeah, the the four Doctors that we have in the story, the 9th, um, 10th, 11th, and 12th, mm-hmm. they all find themselves shut off in different time periods facing Cybermen um, and facing very different cyber threats at different points of history. Um, all the while, the 12th Doctor is desperately trying to get to Gallifrey but can't get near it. Um, and he's sort of going, you know, for the first time in years, he can actually say, I'm going to Gallifrey. Yeah. And then he can't actually get to the planet. Okay. Something's stopping him. Um, so he has to go and um, ask for help. And if you've seen the preview pages that I've tried to have released, um, you see that he, he goes to Khan to try and get, uh-huh. see if he can get to Gallifrey from yeah. there. Um Meanwhile, the other Doctors, uh, as I say, at various points in, in Earth's past and present future and other, other places as well, um, are facing cyber threats um, and coming into contact with other creatures from the Doctor Who universe who we've never seen perhaps really going up against the Cybermen who also find themselves in trouble as the Cyber Empire seems to have grown in power and in scope more than ever before because because someone's working with them um and has given them the secrets to time okay so basically they're just so they're trying to kind of take over like the all of time basically every moment that ever existed is now (laughs) cyberized um and any race that could exist that might stop them sort of pepper pot shaped creatures Uh um they might not exist anymore. Ah. And other races who would be a problem um, to universal domination might be um, on their tick list now as well. So, um, yeah, the Cybermen have it, um, have everyone in their sight. Okay. Um, and the doctors are caught in the, um, in the crossfire. To me, this sounds like a, a really uh, a tough, challenging story to write. Uh, how how <laughs> difficult was it for you and George to, to write? Was, it, was it was madness. <laughs> um, it, it was a, we basically got a massive wish list of what we wanted to do uh-huh. um, and then tried to work out how we're going to do it, um, while also giving each of the doctors something to do <laughs> um, with their companions at different points in history. Um and so, yeah, and it's one thing, one thing people immediately thought it was that it was the four doctors working together and they do work together, but not necessarily in the same place. Okay. Um, so what we didn't want this to be was that it was Titans annual, let's get the doctors together yeah. section. You know, it's not, it's not another party for them. You know, we had Paul's, um, Paul and Neil's wonderful four doctors last mm-hmm. year. And if we kept having a mass sort of multi-doctor story in the same way every year, it would soon lose its sparkle. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, you know, we're trying to find ways that the doctors interact maybe, but not um, necessarily directly. Um, for me, obviously, the joy of it was having the ninth doctor in there as well, because I am quite invested in that character. Uh-huh. Um, and to have Rose up against the Cyberman, which is going to have some eyebrows raised, because obviously Rose never meets the Cyberman with the ninth doctor. 
Um, and that was something that was discussed in great detail. Um, and I'd, pl- I'd already planned a Ninth Doctor Cyberman story um, for way past issue 15 of the current run. Okay. Um, and worked out how he was going to meet the Cyberman without Rose. Um, and then this all came along and sort of blew that out of the water. <laughs> but that story, that story is still there in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. Um, but... Um, but yeah, no, and, and also, you know, I love writing the 12th Doctor. I've written the 10th and 11th in um, different medium. Um, actually, I, I'd only written the 10th Doctor in comics, but for Doctor Who Adventures, the children's oh, uh-huh. magazine sure. in the UK. Um, 11th Doctor I've written for audio. Um, so it was a great chance to go and write those iterations of, of the Doctor as uh-huh. well. Um and again, to work with George, you know, one of, one of my best friends, um, someone who I'm constantly working with unofficially as we get, we throw around each other's plots um, and we, we bounce off each other. Um, but we actually got to do it. And for this one, we actually made sure we wrote it together as well. Physically, we George came down to stay with me for a few days. I went up to stay at George's house for a few days and we wrote the miniseries. So we had little mini retreats, um, which was nice to actually sit in a room opposite someone and discuss things. And as we came to them, you know, so it would be for the first couple of issues, George came here, sat at my kitchen table. I sat with my laptop open writing issue one. He sat with his laptop open writing issue two. Mm. um, And we'd, discuss it as we were going and a lot of the things that came up um and have ended up in the story came up from us sitting us sitting there going oh do you reckon we can do this um and so that was a, a very a, something i've never done i've written with other people I, I wrote i've written with mark wright for a long long uh-huh. time um i don't think mark and i've ever really sat and written in the same room much we have a little bit but again because the distances haven't been able to so it, yeah it was a nice experiment and one that hopefully has paid off well, it sounds to me like just the, the complexity of the story alone would make it working together in, in the same place would make it easier because if you come up, yeah. if you come across a problem or uh, uh, get stuck into a corner somewhere, you can kind of work together to, to work it out instead of having to exactly. respond to emails or chatting through the internet or something like yeah. that. And when we're not together, Skype is the best thing in the world, <laughs> you know, because it, it, it well, Skype just means that you do have work colleagues uh-huh. <laughs> when you sit alone in your study working alone all day. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the planning, a lot of the sort of, um, the, when we actually came down to doing the plot, that was three, two or three days of Skype, okay. um, with it just running continually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, our, you know, um, but it, it Technology has made it so easy to do this kind of thing, and um, it's made you know when Mark and I first started, we had email, we had you know Skype was just coming in, um, but it was a lot you know a lot more difficult. Um, um, but now, yeah, it's um, this kind of collaboration, and also with the artists, you know, I mean, we're working with an art, art team that's across the world, and on all of the projects that we're working on. So, um, yeah, technology has has helped projects like this immensely. Just about to ask, uh, Alessandro, he is uh, the artist on this book, and uh, what's it been like to work with him? Yeah, great. I mean, some of the stuff that's been coming back has been, been fantastic. Is we've set them, we set him a, a task <laughs> because there's lots of references, and so when we were doing the script, we were hyperlinking YouTube videos or grabs, and I was grabbing um, pictures from videos and DVDs and saying, "This is this is what we're talking okay. about," because again, we're talking about 
cyber ships that have seen been seen in everything from a good man goes to war to silver nemesis mm -hmm. you know we we've got um elements from the dark dimension in there we've got you know oh, which wow. I mean, we're getting it's probably getting into proper dot uh, <laughs> who law now yep. and so you know um and so all these elements for someone who you know not, not everyone on the team we are well aware that not everyone on the team necessarily has absorbed doctor who as much as we have <laughs> so we had to make sure that we were explaining everything and and um you know we've made sure there's ships in there that people more recognize from um doctor who legacy game there's there's you know lots of elements from different parts of doctor who's world whether that's television um uh, on comics or audio or whatever we've tried to sort of sprinkle in a bit of that huh? hopefully in a way um that it doesn't trip up anyone who doesn't know what all the references are um but just to try and sort of like pull in all those different parts of, of doctor who into this event to make it you know quite special hopefully it almost sounds like it would be well served to do a director's cut of the story when it's all said and done with uh notes from, from you and and george and the artists about uh identifying different things that people might not notice or or yeah, well, I did that recently with the Ninth Doctor issue one. Uh -huh. um, there's a commentary um, that went up on Comics Alliance, where basically, uh, just to talk about the Ninth Doctor sure. a minute, we put so many Easter eggs into that first issue that, again, hopefully didn't trip anyone up who didn't recognise them. But um, I wanted to put somewhere on the internet, here they all are, because mm -hmm. <laughs> people were spotting them. Um, and it became a bit of a game, I think, with people spotting them. And there's a, you know... There's a lot of references in that first issue that aren't anything to do with the story. It's just um, they're just there in the background. Yeah. Um, and and so um, it wasn't so much a commentary to explain it for people who are a bit confused. It wasn't like a notes uh -huh. thing, but it was more to sort of like pull it out and say, if you like this, you should go and look at this or, yeah. you know, uh, and I think that's the best way to do it. I love always, I love Easter eggs and references and sort of like eyebrows raised to the audience, but as long as they don't get in the way of the story, they have to oh, be well. there for a bit of fun. Um, as the people who know, know about it and go, Oh, I recognize mm -hmm. that, but not to the point that you derails everything and no one knows what's going on. You yeah. know, um, it's, it's an extra really rather than, you know, an integral. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You, you, it's nice to put in something that doesn't detract from the story, but at the same time, uh, especially when, like on the art side of seeing things that, that you can, can notice and go, Oh, I recognize that. To me, it kind of adds a little extra to the 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 cost of the comic. Uh, it isn't. It makes mm -hmm. it so the comic book isn't something that you're spending four dollars on that you'll read in fifteen minutes, where you can actually spend a little time and look through the, the artwork and notice things and you know all I the know. small details. I, know, I love it. I love it when people get it as well. And people mentioned there was a bit in the Ninth Doctor issue one where there's a bit of dialogue which basically follows the same pattern as a bit of dialogue from Genesis of the Daleks. It doesn't make a blind bit of difference to the story <laughs> that it follows a bit of dialogue from Genesis of the Daleks. Uh -huh. It was just there because it made me smile as I did yeah. it. Um, and then a review came out, and I don't read a lot of reviews, but this one was sent to me. And uh, and so you sort of feel you have to read it if it's been sent to you. Um, and someone had picked it up on, up on it. And, you know, again, you know, nothing to do with it. If you didn't know, it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. But... Um, I love the fact that someone out there read it and went, "Oh, that's Sarah saying that's in Genesis <laughs> of the Daleks." Um, and yeah, so it's just it, it's a bit of fun when you're writing it more than anything as well. Uh, I know I need Doctor Who fans are really looking forward to Supreme Series, but I've also been enjoying your Ninth Doctor stuff. 
uh, in the mm-hmm. comics. Uh, has it been as enjoyable to, to write as it you thought it would starting off? Oh, it's wonderful. I love the Ninth Doctor. <laughs> and and we are doing some really fun things with him as well. I mean, issue three hit yesterday. Yep. Um, and issue three wraps up the first sort of mini arc with Doctor Mania and finishes with a cliffhanger that sort of launches us into the next arc with a familiar face, but not necessarily the one you think you're expecting. Um, and it's just great to be able to play with that kind of thing to, you know, with, with the ninth doctor. Now we've got 10 years of future history that we can throw into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have those moments where people go, what they're doing that. How, they, how's that going to yeah. work? And then try and make it uh-huh. work. Um, and, and yeah, and, and working with Adriana has been an absolute joy. Um, she's been so enthusiastic. I know you had her on the show and oh, she, yeah. I mean, she is, she is brilliant and she loves Dr. Who so much. Um, and the enthusiasm she's putting into it, the, the work she did on the first two issues was great. The work she did on issue three, um, blew me away. And then, you know, going forward, it's, um, yeah, she's an absolute joy to work with. Um, and so, yeah, it's been great, great fun. And we're, yeah, we're having a lot of fun telling very different types of stories with a very loose theme and a very loose arc that is loose. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's there if you, you can pick up the, 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 the arc of, of Jack's missing mes- memories. Yep. We'll keep coming back and playing it, but we're not sticking slavishly to that. They, they're going off and having little mini adventures in between. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so we're um, currently working on the third arc at the minute, uh, I'm writing. And if people are seeing the, co- the covers, it, there is a picture of, of someone who looks a bit like me dressed as a unit soldier on one yes, of them. Yes, uh, that, that just popped up on the internet this week. <laughs> yeah, and you might um, that might give an idea of where the Ninth Doctor is heading uh-huh. next, um, um, to what era, whether that's the 70s or 80s, we can't work it out. <laughs> Nobody can. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, well, I've been looking for, uh, actually, I just picked up my comics this morning uh, from my comic hmm. shop, and I haven't had a chance to read that third issue of the Ninth Doctor. So, uh, so, you, so you don't know what the No, I don't. I haven't even had a chance to crack <laughs> it open yet. So I haven't even looked no. to flip to the end to find out what's going on. But I've, I've so one of the things I'm sorry, go I, I've just been really enjoying the, the past couple issues, and uh, Adriana's artwork is just amazing. I love her stuff. Yes. Yes. One of the things I wanted to do with it is. When you look back at that series of Doctor Who, and I know I'm only I'm focusing on one year of Doctor Who with the Ninth Doctor, um, the story didn't really end. There was a couple of uh, you know we've talked about this before. There's only a couple of places you can put uh-huh. stories because one story rolls into another. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do with the comic. So when you get to the end of one arc, there'll be a couple of pages of the next story, you know, uh-huh. leading you in. You know, they, so the they, every issue has a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, of the entire first year, the 15 issue you run. So um, it's one continuous story with lots of different things. Getting back to that sort of, you know, proper, um, well, way back to the original Doctor Who, that Doctor Who never finished. Yep. You know, you, you got to the end of the Daleks and you were straight into the next story. And uh-huh. so um, we're trying to do that a bit. And and again, it's it's brilliant working with Adriano because she's really getting that um, excitement and that last sort of splash to sort of see, here's where we're going next. Uh, I, I've gone on record numerous times saying you're the, the hardest mur- working man in uh, Doctor Who fandom. Well, there, just... there are plenty. I think I think I think Andrew James. <laughs> Andrew James is the hardest working man. Yeah, I cannot stress enough how much that man is doing at the minute. I mean, he's got how many four ongoing titles um, with the Doctors. Uh-huh. He's got mini series. He's got the event. He's got Torchwood. And yeah. then he's also the senior editor at Titan. Yeah. Um, the man is not sleeping <laughs> at the moment. So, How about um, having a plate full? He has two or three plates full and dessert as well. 
Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't think I can honestly say I'm the hardest <laughs> worker's man in Doctor Who, um, because I think that is Andrew. So official I, i'll i'll have i'll uh have to have him on the show again i haven't had him, haven't talked to him for a little bit but i'll i'll uh give him he might be sleeping <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> probably not but but uh no, no, probably so what, what other projects do you have in the works uh doctor who or non-doctor related uh, Doctor Who, I can't talk about. There's, a, um, I've got a couple of new things on the go. I'm working on something else with George ah. that isn't comics related. I'm working on something else on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, can't talk about either of those. Um, Comic-wise, um, for Titan, I'm I work on Vikings as well, based on the MGMs. Mm-hmm. I heard that's gone um, down pretty successfully. Yeah, brilliantly. The first issue went second, um, sort of to a reprint. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just finishing off working on that first mini series and then we launch straight into a new mini series uprising which um is coming out in september and the, the brilliant thing about working on that one is that we're working with the production team um uh, and the writer on the show sort of fill in the gaps of some of the stuff we haven't seen it for people who haven't seen there's a bit of a time jump in in the latest season of vikings um where you suddenly leap forward a few years and we're sort of seeing what happens in that leap so it's been it's been great to work so closely with them um and michael hurst who's the the main writer well he's the you know he's the showrunner and the main writer on vikings uh-huh. um he's been very supportive and uh, and it's um it's been great to sort of like suggest things of how we can fill in those gaps um uh and yeah and the response has been fantastic so yeah we're, we're working on that just finished working on penguins of madagascar for titan as well mm-hmm. um and away from that yeah, working on um, Star Wars um, with a series of kids' books that I'm writing alternate books for, um, Adventures in Wild Space. And so they're coming out, to, as you talked to me today, the latest one came out today. Nice. So um, working in all the different sand pits that I grew <laughs> up with. Um, and, you know, anything I can. I just need to get Star Trek now. So can someone out there please hire me to write Star Trek? And then I think I've pretty much so written everything. you've written everything that you grew um, up on? other than superheroes and i'm working on that so um so yeah so it's a very busy time but it's a great time and then getting ready for san diego um in a few weeks time going to san diego comic con for my second um comic con um and yeah i can't wait really looking forward to that as well Uh, that's good well you always have something going on at least something that i'm interested in whether it be star wars or doctor who and uh I continue to wish you success, and thank you for uh, chatting with me about Supremacy of the Cybermen. And if I uh, happen to crack open an issue of Supremacy and I see a Cyberman from the Flood in there, I am going to, like, (laughs) exclaim loudly, hurrah. (laughs) I can't promise that, but we'll see. (laughs) As I said, there'll be some Cybermen that that no one's ever seen before, Uh which is, I think, exciting. Um, And not just Cybermen as well, not Cybermen. Do we we have a Cyberwoman in there? I can't remember. It's been (laughs) a while. I think it's one of the plans that you see a Cyberwoman in the background. Uh But um, there are other elements of the cyber history that you see um, that we return to as well. So um, not just Cybermen. There are other cyber things in there as well. I can't can't wait to see it. So... uh... Thank you uh, for continuing to write good Doctor Who comics and continued success, sir. Thank you for the podcast, as always. Many thanks to Kevin Scott for uh, joining me on not just the interview that you heard on this episode of Panel to Panel, 
But all the other ones, I think he's been on my podcast three or four times altogether during his career writing Doctor Who comics. So it was always a treat to chat with Kevin. I'm glad to see that he is succeeding so well doing uh, his Star Wars gig as well as other stuff that he is writing. And he's a great guy. And thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule way back in 2016 to chat with me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I hope you will go out and track down Supremacy of the Cybermen. Like I said, I am a huge Cybermen mark. That is my thing. That is my villain of choice. And even a story where the artwork may not be as strong or as good as I would like it to be, if it has Cybermen in it, you can count me in. So, with all that out of the way, thank you for downloading this episode. Make sure you check out archive.org. Make sure you also check out DoctorWhoComics.com for a twice-a-week Doctor Who comic fix. And until next time, this is Jeremy Bument, your host, saying bye. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who Comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel the Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel the Panel. Thank you.